0: This is a post-Christian podcast.
1: We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected. All are heard. All are welcomed. Join us. Welcome to the Sacred Collective. Um, What the hell happened to Caleb? Here I am. So this episode is going to be about... What the hell happened to Caleb a couple weeks back? Some of you, if you follow us on the socials, may have heard. But uh, this is a little brief, I guess, dive into um, Caleb explaining just what happened to him that fateful February evening. Yeah, so, almost Ka- a month ago now. Yeah, so Caleb, just, you know, go as in-depth as you want. Yeah. Just What What happened to you?
0: Well, uh, the short of it is I broke my ankle in three different places and dislocated my heel. Um so it's the the story is a really lame story, actually. I've been brainstorming alternative versions. Um I so far my best contender is I got in a saloon fight, you know, like one of those old fashioned uh Wild West saloon fights. You but, should go with that. Yeah, I know I think that's a lot more exciting. But the fact is Um, so yeah, we're, as listeners know, we're here based in Minnesota in the cities. And, uh, so what comes with Minnesota is lots of ice and slush. It was the, this particular, uh, day was the first day that we've had, uh, since the winter pretty much of it being above 40 degrees. It was like maybe 45 or something all of a sudden after months and months of just frozen weather. And, uh, so anyway, so when I'd walked to work that, uh, afternoon, um, There it was, every, the ice was melting and it was slushy and it was, you know, nice and, uh, for Minnesota warm out. And, um, so I got, I, I walked pretty briskly to work. Anyhow, worked all night. Um, it was probably 9 30 PM or so. I was walking home from work, had my arms full of pizzas, which never again shall I do this because <laughs> bringing pizzas, to try to bring to church the next morning, trying to be a good man. But it backfired because my arms were full. Walking briskly home, had a, f- a full backpack. I just walked to the liquor store, so I had a backpack full of beer that I was eager to drink. But I was wa- walking home, arms full, full backpack, slipped on some ice that had managed to uh, survive throughout the warm day. And just landed perfectly awfully on my ankle in a way such that it, a um, little, little graphic here, but it, it folded outwards, my, my foot folded the wrong way i saw it i think it was probably honestly a traumatic image kind of seared into my brain but if it kind of folded in half um i was very close to my apartment i could see my apartment complex so i kind of army crawled over to a sign like a street sign used my good leg and my arms to pull myself up i could feel this again graphic but I, i could feel the bones uh shifting and kind of cracking against each other in my ankle but i i Pushed through that and was able to get my ankle or my foot back underneath my leg where it's supposed to go and try to put pressure on it. Uh, Collapsed. I did that, I think, four or five times in a row. I kept trying to stand on it, which uh, really aggravated the injury. Did not help. And kept trying to stand on it. Kept falling over um, in extreme pain by a lot of adrenaline and, and stuff going at the time. So I kept trying to do it. And I was in shock. And uh, anyhow, so once I accepted that that wasn't going to work, I started army crawling down the sidewalk in the slush back home. A few cars passed me by. This is old Good Samaritan parable as yes, it is. Yeah, seriously, I was very emotional just even thinking about this for the first week after it happened, and um, I'm not tearing up now, but it, it still definitely really strikes a, a chord in my heart. But so the third the third vehicle that passed me stopped, and three uh, you know, big adult men, uh, you know, pretty strong guys got out and, um, they asked me if I needed help. And I said, yeah, my apartment's right there. So the three guys lifted me up, put me in their minivan, drove me the rest of the way, picked me up out of their minivan, carried me up the stairs to my complex. I unlocked the door. They carried me up the stairs to my apartment building. I unlocked the door and they carried me inside and, and set me down. Um, and then, there's my stupidity comes into play. They offered um, to call an ambulance for me, and I said, you know, that I had needed but financial reasons, I needed to wait until the morning to get a friend to give me a ride, which I did. I blacked out in my bed a couple times from pain, but I did manage to sleep a couple hours. Uh, anyway, so I stupidly waited for the morning, and then my very, very close and dear friend, Marie, gave me a ride and has been kind of nursing me back to health. I'm actually... So, so fortunate because I'm staying uh, at her house with um, her husband Keith and our mutual friend Matt. So, I have three, uh, a rotating cast of three people who are available to help me. But, uh, and that kind of opens the door uh, a little bit to talking about community, which is something else you wanted to touch on. If you want to,
1: well, thank you for sharing the graphicness of (laughs) what happened. I mean, I just think anybody who's broken any bone whether an ankle or arm or whatever could understand the pain but to and uh if you follow his gofundme or the gofundme page there's some pretty graphic pictures of of what happened and i've seen i've had tons of friends and family like break an arm or an ankle and this had to be pretty it looked pretty epic so it was pretty epic yeah they had to so just to quickly summarize what
0: happened to get through the nitty gritty before we start talking about the touchy feely. Yeah, there you go. Um, they uh, so they when I in the ER that day they had to reset my ankle and heel twice. So they reset it once, um, did an X ray or a second X ray. You know they X rayed it initially when I got there, but they they checked it with an X ray and it wasn't quite in the place where they wanted it. So they had to reset it again. Both of which the processes they were just going to mildly sedate me, but they. I was screaming and crying so much, they had to uh, put me under both times to reset it, and then the, let the the swelling go down for a day and a half or so, um, and then they did the first surgery, which was which was like pretty much installing what they call it, a metal fixator onto my leg and ankle. So I had two bars uh, or you know two metal um, rods, r- rods, yeah, yeah. Uh, that went. Through my leg, uh, around my shin area, into my bone, just to stabilize the ankle. So two rods into the bone in my shin area, with a big Frankenstein-looking. I mean, it's a fixator. It, it is kind of what it sounds like, like: two big metal bars attached to the to the. What term do you use? Pegs or rods? Rods. Yeah, <laughs> I got my terminology done. <laughs> yeah, peg leg. I, I did keep joking in there that maybe they could just chop my leg off and replace it with a peg leg, <laughs> upgrade me. Or, or, or maybe those springy legs that the inspirational runners and vets yeah, get. You know? It's like run races. Uh, and I did also keep joking that I was probably going to lose my football scholarship, which I'm a 31-year-old man don't have a football scholarship and I'm <laughs> overweight. Um, anyway, and so, so, yeah, this big fixator, two metal rods out of my shin going down to two metal rods going through my ankle – to hold it in place, I was like that for uh, ended up being two weeks before they could do the next surgery, which was putting uh, metal plates and screws into my ankle, which I now have an M uh, in bed recovering from. So that's kind of just the nitty gritty of what they did. Um, so now I'm a cyborg. Well, that's pretty cool. You're like the Terminator, yeah. They put a USB. Port into the metal plate in my ankle so i can upload kung fu and cool
1: stuff like that there you go how that's fantastic i wish that were true the technology we can do well yeah since you alluded to that earlier caleb um talk about with this whole traumatic event that's happened just how community i mean i know you have community through sacred collective revolution um amongst many other just how how did these communities you know kind of come around and show you that community
0: yeah absolutely so that's that's a massive testament and it's just a a thread kind of woven through this whole experience and um has been my lifeline you know i don't know where i would be right now without community um like i said the biggest thing first comes to mind is my dear friend marie who also i i do a podcast with uh called everyone's autonomous um so we we have a working relationship and a very close personal friendship Um, And I don't know where I'd be without her right now. And then, of course, my Sacred Collective fam came through with lots and lots of food for me. A couple of big old boxes of food, which Brian, Amanda, and Ava were so sweet as to drop off for me and come and visit for a while. Um, So, yeah, my Sacred Collective family. Um, The GoFundMe that Marie also set up for me has been not only in itself a big gesture, but then just has been a portal for me receiving, you know, uh, words of encouragement and even financial support, lots of financial support to help me cover rent because I'm obviously not able to work. I'm not, I can't put any weight at all on my ankle for six to eight weeks. Um, and so I'll probably be able to find some, some work that I can do at my, at my job at the pizza place, um, like prep work or something, but obviously I won't be at, at full functioning capacity for quite a while. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, through the GoFundMe, I started because Marie was point, uh, was promoting it to, uh, her podcast listeners and so your collective listeners were being made aware of it and my revolution church, essentially connections through, uh, communities that I've built, um, tangentially related in some way, mostly to my podcasting work with post-Christian podcasting with my network, um, but I started getting donations from people I didn't even know, whose names I didn't recognize, substantial donations, you know, $100 or more even sometimes, um, from people who were just involved in uh, either the atheist communities that are associated more with, uh, with the Everyone's Autonomous Podcast and uh, the local group of former fundamentalists, who there's some revolution people in that group, uh, uh, even the Sacred Collective uh, member Rachel, who's come once, Who's in Revolution Sacred Collective and the former Fundy Group? Um, so yeah, both. I just say that to say both uh, humanist communities, you know, humanist slash atheist communities and Christian communities alike have shown me love uh, that is that you know is uh, a form of love and grace. I suppose to to use some more churchy words that has sustained me, and I think it's a real testament to um, To the effectiveness of community and to the fact that, you know, community can be found within or, or, or outside of um, labels like, you know, the Christian or, or church and things like that. It goes back to the whole, I've, I gave a talk on this uh, not too long ago, on the whole Matthew 25 thing about uh, separating the sheep from the goats. And the thing that Christ uses to separate the sheep from the goats isn't, well, are you a Christian or did you go to to church, you say the sinner's prayer. It's did you take care of me when I needed help? You know, when I was a homeless person, did you? you know, when I needed shelter and food, did you provide those for me? I think that that's just a really uh, powerful metaphor for uh, what it is to be quote unquote Christ-like, or what it is to show love. You know, um, is more of a universal thing and more of an inclusive thing uh, spiritually. I think than uh, a lot of times the church gives it credit for.
1: Well, and and what you said, uh, kind of using theological words uh, i mean love and grace and just being kind to one another should transcend all labels should transcend whether you're religious um or not you know and i think so many at least in the christian world are like oh i i i I gotta do this i gotta give caleb or whoever money if Mm. something happens or i need to give food because i can pat myself on the shoulder and obviously we're not people like that i'm probably sure most of our listeners aren't either but i know a ton of christians who kind of just do that because they're like oh that's what my faith tells me to do right and or there's uh, a,
0: st- a scorekeeper yeah
1: exactly like a, they get a notch in their belt but as a like when when all this happened with you of course my heart sank and i was like it's a good really you know you and i are really close friends and i'm like this sucks that happened to my friend and the first thing that i thought of was you know How is he going to afford his rent? You know, me as as a parent and someone who's dealt, you know, who has school loans and all these bills, the first thing that went through my head was, yeah, I know Caleb's going to be okay eventually with your ankle and, Mm -hmm. you know, your bone and all this stuff. But the other part is, you know, sad to say, but companies don't care if you break your ankle or if you can't work. They're just like, you know, next. And we didn't want that to happen to you. And so I do think, I mean, I'm just blown away when I get the updates, you know, on my email from GoFundMe. It's just uh, the outpouring of support. Like you said, people that you totally. didn't even know. Don't even know. You know, and, and with us, like when we donated, you know, it wasn't even like an option. I wish we could have donated more. Sure. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, of course. You know, like it's not just food, but that is obviously beneficial to you and giving you energy and sustenance. But... You need the money to, yeah. like you said, pay your bills and and not be, you know. Once you get recovered from this, like living in a cardboard box, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. out on the
0: road, so which is sadly, you know, a very real possibility, you know, for a lot of people, and would be, would have been for me. Uh, I'm still, I've obviously kind of taken it one day at a time, of course, as far as recovery, and um, I but I can say confidently that because of the GoFundMe, I was able to make last month's rent. I'll be able to make next month's rent. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to definitely have to be getting creative after that, but, um, but just having that kind of assurance and not having to freak out about scrounging around, you know, or or trying to borrow money from my parents. I will say my my parents did uh, give me a few hundred bucks. Um, this has really gone a long way too. So big shout out to them, big ups, but, but yeah, I mean, with it, without that support, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people don't have that support and are, yeah, have to face, Really daunting consequences, and something that we haven't even touched on yet is this is taking place during the COVID uh, outbreak. Took the words it, right out of my mouth. Yep, the big Corona epidemic is in full swing. So,
1: yeah how did how does with this coronavirus, and you you know having to already kind of um, what is it ostracize yourself from the public i mean quarantine, how, almost. quarantine yeah like how i mean is, is just explain that how you kind of seen how this has happened to you with your injury and now with literally most of the world on quarantine and lockdown yeah
0: so the timing of that is unreal is uh, amazing i am uh, it's a, it's a weird silver lining in the timing of this because when i was when i had my initial injury I, I remember being in the hospital bed, I think maybe the second night or so that I was in there, uh, my first go round and, um, seeing like a daily on the daily show, you know, or something like that. Them talking about Corona and it was, it was before, um, it had reached the U S at all, you know, and it was just kind of something in the news. Uh, I, my only news source is not the daily show, but, <laughs> but uh, that's just a specific memory. But, um, yeah, it's just, it is wild how the timing has worked out to where I've been essentially, like it or not, I have been quarantined. You know, like uh, with, with being laid up with my injury, I am kind of, I have a mandatory quarantine essentially on myself anyway. Um, and then that's just the timing of it. And, and Marie pointed this out to me yesterday too, is that people might have not been as willing not felt secure enough financially and then been as willing to donate as much money as they initially did. um, If this had happened, you know, like right now, if I broke my ankle right now, while people are uh, themselves kind of in, in financial dire straits. Um, So yeah, that's, that's wild is, is me uh, for my own good being quarantined, even if it is under, the um, unpleasant circumstances that are, that are making me not be able to get up and, and get around and get out of the house. Um, but you know, now there it is being advised that everyone does that, mm-hmm. you know? So that's just kind of a, there's the timing of everything is really, uh, you can't really, you can't ignore it. No matter how you right. interpret it, you, right. you can't ignore how convenient the timing is. Uh, well, relatively speaking.
1: Well, and I'll just say this uh, kind of tangentially um, is Whenever this comes out, I'm sure this this coronavirus is going to be around for a hot minute. Um, just so anybody who listens, I mean, a couple of some of our listeners, have I, I've been in contact just talking with them just about life. And, you know, one of the first things we talk about is the coronavirus, how it's affecting them, where they're at. I mean, because it's not just, you know, in America, it's worldwide. But to any of our listeners and friends and family, just be safe. Um, if you don't feel good, if you have any of the symptoms, stay home don't go into large crowds. I know in here in Minnesota they just shut down all the restaurants and mm. bars and it's crazy. Uh, they shut down the Mall of America, um which they've never done that since it's been around for almost 30 years. Um you know, AMC movie theaters are closing for 3 months. Wow. Um I across know that. across the country so I mean, just be safe. Um, we live in a time. Stuff. We live in a time where we have streaming services, so you can always go on the internet. You know, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, all these things. So uh, it might be boring a lot of times, but literally, please be safe. Self quarantine yourself, like Caleb had to do. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, just be safe out there because uh, we want everyone to be. Um, safe and healthy instead of you know being sick or potentially dying Um last thing before we wrap this up how how has post-christian productions you know fared through through all this How of all your shows have been progressing through here yeah through good time? question
0: yeah so everything has taken uh ha- has had to have some adjustments and this is kind of a convenient little plug i didn't even Anticipate this going into it, but yeah, this is kind of a little plug from my other shows, too, just mentioning them anyway on the air. But uh, so yeah, uh, Revolution Church has been tricky uh, because right after it happened, I couldn't get there. I hurt my ankle, like I said, on, well, I guess. I kind of alluded to on a Saturday night uh, because I was intending on bringing those pizzas into church the next morning. Um, So anyway, on a Saturday night, I wasn't able to make it that Sunday for church. But then I was able to pull the audio from the live Facebook stream video that we do for Revolution and kind of patch together something for that. I was able to make it to the next service that we had. But now um, Bryant Lake Bowl, uh, where we have service, is closed. They actually closed before it was mandated Um, by, is it statewide? Yeah. By By the the state. So, um, so that's a big hiccup. Um, we can, luckily with revolution, we can still do the live services. Revolution's a, a church, by the way. I don't think I clarified that, but I think most of our listeners know. But, uh, so yeah, we can still like stream live services. Jay has, would have to come to where I am, um, to set up recording gear to be able to record it professionally at all. Um, so that's been wild, uh, and then obviously Sacred Collectors probably taking the biggest hit because the nature of the show is a gathering of people, you know, and uh, that's not the safest thing to do right now. So uh, luckily, we were able to improvise this little recording sesh, um, which I think is a good idea of being adaptive. And I think people under our listeners understand having to be flexible um, and make some uh, some uh, concessions here or there uh and then everyone's autonomous marie is way ahead on her recording with that so that that's not taking much of a a hit although she did have to edit one episode when i was too under the weather to be able to do that uh this is kind of just logistics uh and then what other shows do i do Listen the, <laughs> the Bible Belt. <laughs> uh, yeah, loose of the Bible Belt has been on hiatus because of other reasons. Which if you you'd have to listen to that show to find out more details about that, and I can tell you off the air some more about that too, Brian. But there's some other things that we're just hitting at the same time uh, with our staff for that show. Finding a new producer uh, is the most detail I'll go into on on this show. But uh, so yeah, that's been taking a hit, but that's given us the opportunity. Um, it's kind of funny, another silver lining thing. It's given us the opportunity to promote that show more because that's the newest show on my network. And um, so we've been able to promote that more. And then also, um, my recording schedule, as long as people can come to me, is fully open. You know, <laughs> if people can come to, to where I'm at. And that one, that show we usually record with Jay and the other host, Kristen, on Skype. From their own remote locations, skyping with a third person who they're interviewing. You know, the guest from their own remote location. So, luckily, that's that's a Skype show, anyways. Uh, recording wise, to start with, so people don't have to to meet in person record that but yeah so anyway uh if you listen to other shows on my network they're probably taking a small hit we're trying to get something up every week you know on schedule but obviously um it's not going to be worth it to to stay on schedule at you know to to risk people's health Mm. or anything like that and i just physically can't go anywhere hardly Uh, so that's also constrictive but uh but yeah making it work that's kind of my motto throughout this one day at a time just do what you got to do make it work kind of thing
1: yeah and with the sacred collective of course you know this is a passion that i do and when it kind of everything kind of coincided with you having your injury being kind of knocked up in bed not knocked up but (laughs) uh But not are not back on that yeah, one. Uh, negative, negative. <laughs> no. Um, but then, like you're saying, um, it wouldn't just be smart having six, seven, eight people coming over to our, to yeah. our my wife and I's apartment, where your child is, or my child, and and just spreading that. So. Obviously, if you don't, we like to have episodes every week dropping, and the last couple of weeks, well, what I think a couple of weeks ago we had a fresh new one, and then some of them were kind of recycling. So if you don't like those and you don't want, well, not like them, but if you've already listened to them, obviously, you know, wait till the next one. But these couple recording sesh that we're doing is what we're going to have to do, and I think even everyone in the podcasting world is probably – yeah. Um, doing this but being
0: affected somehow yeah
1: so i mean it is changing and screwing up everyone's life and passions and hobbies but yeah anyway use lots of
0: sand sanitizer or sand Sand, sanitizer use
1: sand sanitizer
0: sand Sand sanitizer it's a new product i'm i am pushing (laughs) uh you can buy them (laughs) sanitizer
1: made out of sand
0: yeah pxp sand sanitizer uh gets all the germs uh, from all the crevices. No, just joking. Yeah, use uh, hand sanitizer and, yeah, I don't know.
1: I well, mean, uh, thanks, Caleb, for giving us a deep dive into everything happening. Yep. What's going on, I think we'll our listeners were, So we're going to label, we're going to entitle this, What the Hell Happened to Caleb? <laughs> and now you know what happened to him. Yep, there you go. Till next time. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at SacredMN.
0: I wasn't really aware of how many resources were out there until I started listening to you guys. And then Caleb in his like
1: podcast, like just amazingness, like there's so many. Um, once I started following you, Caleb, like I started finding all these other ones. Um, that's sweet. So,
0: nice. Yeah. That's been that's super like amazing, like super helpful because again, I didn't know all this stuff was out there. Hi. I'm Caleb with Post-Christian Podcasting. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like Bipolar Agnostics. You might also like Loosen the Bible Belt with Kristen Becker and myself, Jay Baker. Everyone's Autonomous with Marie DeLafont. You might also like another Post-Christian Podcast where two atheists go to church and give them honest, objective reviews. Out of the Attic. That was a post-Christian podcast.